So a new Second Amendment case is up for Supreme Court review, and this case will directly stop states like California and New York who are trying to defy the Supreme Court's ruling in Bruin. So let's talk about this. But real quick before we jump into this video, if you agree that states need to stop violating our rights to keep and bear arms, go ahead and hit that like button and subscribe. Also, I want to give a shout out to one of the main supporters of this channel, which is USCCA. Through your membership, you get training, education, and self-defense liability protection. So if you carry a firearm, I highly recommend you take a look into USCCA, and I'll put a link to them down in the details section. So like I said in the intro, a new Second Amendment case is up for Supreme Court consideration. This case is very important because it strikes directly at current anti-gunner strategies which violated our Second Amendment rights. This case involves whether the government can use a subjective standard like propensity for violence or instability to deny a permit to carry concealed. Also, this case involves whether the government can try to moot these Second Amendment cases by granting permits once they are sued or by changing the overall laws once they are sued. This case would bar the new California and New York CCW laws, which put in place subjective morality determinations for CCW permits. It would also prevent any future efforts by states like California and New York to frustrate litigation against them because they are violating our rights and would prevent them from simply trying to moot these cases whenever they are sued. Now, what happened in this case and how did it end up before the Supreme Court? Well, an individual named Mr. Whitaker is a longtime resident of Washington, D.C., and he obtained a D.C. license to carry a pistol in November of 2018. Now, on the day of his detention, Mr. Whitaker, his cousin, and his girlfriend visited a gun range in Maryland where they ultimately did use the handgun and practice with the handgun. Now, when they left the gun range, he placed the pistol in a lockbox in his trunk, but he did not remove the holster that he had on his hip. He then picked up his teenage daughter from the mother's house and started to drive home. But his daughter was thirsty, so Mr. Whitaker decided that he was going to stop at a gas station to purchase some water for his daughter. He stopped at a gas station and he and his cousin went inside to purchase some water. As Mr. Whitaker and his cousin returned to the car, a police officer in a police car pulled up and blocked in his car. The police officer got out, pointed a gun at the two men and yelled for them to get on the ground and to put their hands on their heads. With the gun drawn, the officer approached and patted down Mr. Whitaker and ultimately noticed that he was wearing an empty holster. He then handcuffed both of them and then called for assistance. When additional officers arrived, they proceeded to search Mr. Whitaker's car and they did that without his consent. They asked Mr. Whitaker about the holster and he did tell them that he had a pistol in his car that was in a lockbox. He also told the officers that he had documentation of his right to possess a concealed carry firearm um, under his DC permit, but they simply just ignored that and did not verify any of his documentation. An officer then asked Mr. Whitaker to retrieve the pistol. He found the lockbox in the trunk, retrieved the gun from the lockbox, and then handed it to the police. The police officers then searched Mr. Whitaker's girlfriend and the cousin as well while they were searching the vehicle. His girlfriend did have a small amount of marijuana in her on her purse, uh, but the amount was both legal in DC and Maryland, so it wasn't an issue. Mr. Whitaker and his family were detained for a total of three hours before they were eventually released. No arrests were made and no charges were filed against him. However, the police did seize Mr. Whitaker's pistol. After this event, Mr. Whitaker was unable to recover the seized pistol, so he then had to purchase a new handgun and then register that firearm with DC. This ultimately is what triggered the revocation that's at issue here in this case, which has made its way up to the Supreme Court. Registration of a firearm is handled by the Metropolitan PD in DC. In addition, a person must have a license to carry a pistol in any place other than his dwelling or his place of business. That concealed carry licensing is also handled by the Metropolitan PD. One of the requirements to be granted a carry permit is that the applicant must have complied with all the procedures the police 
and the chief may have established as a rule. The police department has promulgated a regulation that establishes suitability criteria for an applicant to receive a license to carry concealed. Relevant to this case is one of those vague criteria that was used against Mr. Whitaker. One of those rules states that a person has not exhibited a propensity for violence or instability. And that was then used against Mr. Whitaker to deny him his permit to carry concealed. And again, that whole definition of propensity for violence or instability is not defined whatsoever. It's completely vague and leaves the discretion completely up to the police department. On April 24th, 2019, the police department issued a notice to Mr. Whitaker proposing to revoke his license to carry a pistol. The notice alleged that based on the April incident at the gas station, combined with his past criminal history, that they were going to revoke his license because he showed a propensity for violence or instability. Mr. Whitaker appealed that determination and argued that his past history was found irrelevant when the department initially issued his initial permit. And he also argued that the subsequent event which was being used against him is 100% irrelevant and baseless since the police department never arrested him or he was never charged with anything. He did not violate any laws during that incident. But despite his appeal, ultimately the board upheld the revocation of his license to carry a concealed firearm. After the board upheld his revocation of his license, Mr. Whitaker then appealed that decision up to the DC Court of Appeals. The case at that level ended up getting fully briefed despite efforts by the licensing board to get the case remanded back down to them. Then the board issued a notice to the court of voluntary reversal which stated, after further review, the board has decided to reverse the initial revocation decision and approve Mr. Whitaker's license. The board then moved to dismiss Mr. Whitaker's appeal on the ground that the case was now moot. Ultimately, the Court of Appeals did dismiss Mr. Whitaker's appeal as moot in a two-page order because the board had revoked the prior determination and ultimately they did decide to issue him a permit. But Mr. Whitaker did not give up there and now this case is up for Supreme Court review. He argues first that the Supreme Court needs to review this case because it involves tactical efforts to manufacture mootness to forestall judicial review of gun restrictions, an issue that was previously before the court in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin. Second, he argues this case involves the constitutionality of the regulation that the department invoked to revoke his license. Here, Mr. Whitaker is challenging the vague propensity for violence or instability language that the department used to deny his permit on his renewal. So that is a quick summary of this case and what is at stake. Both of these issues are very important because first, since the recent decision in Bruin, uh, we have seen states like California and New York put in place new standards for when concealed carry permits should be granted. California, for example, will only now try to grant a permit to a person if they are deemed to be a qualified person. New York also put in a new standard of good moral character. And again, that's another subjective morality standard. Although we all know that under Bruin, these subjective standards are 100% impermissible, states are still trying to use them. This case, Whitaker would put an end to those subjective morality standards that states like California and New York are now trying to utilize. But another important thing this case does is it challenges government's efforts to moot a case once they are sued. This is something we have seen happen quite a bit. For example, the first New York State Rifle and Pistol Association case that made its way up to the Supreme Court was found moot because the city changed their laws once they were ultimately sued. But in writing that decision, um, there was some dissents by justices like Alito, and Alito in his dissent was joined by other justices. In that dissent, he said, by incorrectly dismissing this case as moot, the court permits our docket to be manipulated in a way that should not be permitted. And just as Justice Alito and others on the court feared, this strategy has been utilized by government agencies and states ever since. 
Here in this case, Whitaker, the de police department issued the permit that they had initially denied once they were ultimately sued by Mr. Whitaker. And it was looking like this was actually going to be appealed and maybe they would even lose the case. This is one of those cases that is very critical, although it does not involve really sexy and big Second Amendment topics like magazine bans or bans on so-called assault weapons. However, if this court does take up this case and issues a favorable ruling, it will greatly hinder current efforts by anti-gunners to restrict our rights. This case would stop current efforts by California and New York, who use subjective morality standards to grant or deny permits, despite what Supreme Court just said in Bruin. That alone would be a big win. However, this case also would stop efforts by anti-gunners to moot cases whenever they are ultimately sued. So currently this case is set for Supreme Court conference on September 28th, so that's when the Supreme Court is finally going to come back for their next term. As of right now, the DC board has not filed their reply to the petition. I would suspect that the court will require them to file a reply, so that could push back the conference a little bit further. But I wanted to put this case on everyone's radar because this is a case that strikes directly at current anti-gunner strategies that are currently being deployed to violate our rights. This is also going directly against what you're seeing states like California do with their new CCW law and New York as well. So if we get any more updates, I will let you all know. Also, if this video and like support the channel, one of the best ways to do that is to like, comment, and subscribe. All those things help to fuel the algorithm or fuel algorithms with them. It adds fuel to his jet and signals to YouTube that you see value in these videos and in this type of 2A news. Again, I want to thank everybody who likes, comments, subscribes, who hits the notification bell, who shares these videos. You guys are directly impacting these videos, impacting this channel, helping me to reach and educate more people than I could ever do on my own. So again, thank you so much for all of your support. And as always, thank you all for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And never forget, this is Built by Arm Scholars, and this nation will be maintained by Arm Scholars.